Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast brought to you by the Denver Post. This is sports writer Kyle Newman, joined as usual by my colleague Ryan O'Halloran, breaking down all things Broncos ahead of the 2022 NFL Draft. Broncos, nine picks overall, first pick at number 64, last selection of the second round. We'll break that down, but first, impressions, observations from minicamp, three-day veteran minicamp out in Dove Valley. Ryan and I will there. We'll take you inside that. Impressions of Nathaniel Hackett and Ijiro Evero. Melvin Gordon now back in the fold. We'll talk about that and discuss how whole share carries with Javante Williams, and then also break down Albert Oh, and his assumption of the number one tight end spot this year. Go through the final Broncos mock draft ahead of Thursday's opening round across the NFL. So, Ryan, let's start off with the news of the week here. Up until this point, of course, we'll shift into draft mode on Thursday, tomorrow. But what were your just general impressions from minicamp? I got to say, my biggest thing was Randy Gregory... Obviously not playing. Is he going to be healthy for training camp? Hackett kind of hedged on that. That was one one takeaway. And, of course, Russ Mania. What were your thoughts? I mean, we knew a start with Greg. We sort of knew that he was not going to participate. Um, you know, I asked George Payton last week, and it was in Sunday's Denver Post, would he be ready for training camp after the surgery on the shoulder? He also had a knee cleanup by Dallas after the season there. So one thing Payton said, not sure about training camp, but he'll be healthy for the regular season. To me, that means, hey, they know what he can do. He's picking up the system. They're going to treat him with kid gloves because they need him to be ready for week one and then in the challenging division that is the AFC West. The other uh, one other couple other injury one uh, injury things. Uh, Graham Glasgow broke that ankle, tore ligaments against Dallas last year. He told me that he did he was not going to participate in any team drills this week, but he's looking he's looking good for training camp. Uh, uh, Seth Williams had a bandage around his left knee. DJ Jones sat out two days. Mike Purcell is dealing with something because he did not practice the entire week. So, you know, it's unknown what the injury situation is there. So, but uh, they're not, uh, they don't have to report their injuries at this point of the year. So, but uh, impressions, I mean, all eyes were on Russell Wilson. He made, he obviously makes some great throws. He's not fast, fast facing a pass rush. There's no one-on-one drills receiver versus corner. What you can tell, though, is just his command of the entire team. Uh, you know, that is probably before you're born, E.F. Hutton talks to everybody, listens. So that's uh, sort of the things way go for Wilson. Nathaniel Hackett doing some really hands-on coaching. We saw him getting in the backfield, taking some handoffs on play action. We saw him jumping in at safety. We saw him then today, Wednesday, uh, screaming and cussing at the, the offense to pick it up a little bit after a couple miscues. So, Tim Patrick joked today, hey, I thought the energy was going to wane after a couple days. No, day three of veteran minicamp, he was still bringing it. So uh, obviously he was he's a hands-on type of guy. We knew that coming in. We saw evidence of that throughout this camp. Yeah, and knowing, knowing Nate since 2015, I think, when he came to Jacksonville as a quarterback coach, I mean, this is what you're going to get. You know, for fans who come out to training camp and sit on the hill, keep your eyes on Hackett. He's going to be easy to find because you're going to be able to hear him coming. Uh, you know, the, the cliche in any sport is you're going to hire a coach who's the opposite of the former coach. Well, the Broncos have pretty much checked that box in a lot of ways. Right. Off, defense to offense, older to younger. Uh, you know, and also just 
the energy is was was subtle with Vic with with Hackett. You you, you know there is no subtlety. He goes that's 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 what they're, they're going to get every day. And I think Ejiro Ebro was just the opposite. I think it's a good match. You know, uh, he is the very cerebral. He's going to let his coaches coach. He'll get his point across, but it's sort of at a different value than Hackett. And then we talked to uh, Dwayne Stukes, the special teams coordinator, after practice today. And you know, I was warned. I said, hey, you're going to like Stukes. He's got a little bit of an edge to him. Well, that person was right because uh, this is not going to be Atomic Man where he takes responsibility and says, blame me. This guy, I don't think this guy's going to be afraid to call out a player and say, hey, you got to be better. I'm going to tell people why. So it was uh, good listening to some of these uh, coordinators talk this week as well. Hey, first official presser with Stukes at practice, after practice, and he already dropped a – are you serious with that question? Is that a serious question? We already got one of those. I don't so. remember what the question was. But, <laughs> I don't uh, either, but it was it was great. He, a little bit of an edge, and, and hey, he's not going to – you know, trash last year, but he knows they got to get better. He named a couple core guys today, and he knows they got to build around those core guys in order to get better and stay yeah. healthy, of course. I, I, you know, he listed Aaron Patrick and Tyree Cleveland, who I wouldn't have on the 53 right now. So, uh, you know, I think right now your core guys they're going to have to count on are Andrew Beck, PJ Locke, Justin Sternad who can, you know, who aren't going to be counted on to play a lot of snaps on offense or defense, but know how to get around the field and make plays on special teams. So uh, one of the guys, one of the guys you talked to Tuesday after practice, you wrote about him in Wednesday's print edition was Albert Oakley, Oakley Boonham, tight end third year. He's now the number one guy for now after no offense was traded. What was sort of Albert's outlook and, and, and what'd you see from him on the practice field when you were able to watch? Yeah, so he's ready to take advantage of this opportunity, Ryan. I mean, obviously, Trey came down. He was he was training in Phoenix and the excitement of, oh, we're getting Russ, but then uh, quickly following up with his agent, hey, am I one of those players? Finds out Noah Fant, his good buddy, is shipped to Seattle and now he has the number one tight end role here for now, as you said, as we go into the draft and Tight end is a position of high need for the Broncos as they're looking to build the depth there. But I think you looked at the trade for Russell Wilson. Of course, George Payton was going to have to give up a lot, but Noah Fant became tradable because of the organization's faith in Albert O. Just four games as a rookie before blowing out his ACL, then came back last year. He's still kind of settling in, and he told me this week, he said, you know, last season I felt like I was 100%, but not until this offseason when he really started to training and, and really getting into it and he really started to feel healthy did he realize there was a whole other level he could achieve. So he's got big expectations for himself uh, this season and you know watching him out there on the field developing some rapport with Russell Wilson, he needs to build that. And he needs to really, like you kind of alluded to, Ryan, prove to the Broncos that he can be the guy and the big playmaker. We saw him... Last year, in his rookie season, he's had those flashes of you know vertical plays, home run plays that Noah Fant necessarily didn't really have to his game. So he wants to keep that up here this season. He had that Albert had that sixty four yard catch last year. He ran away from the defense. I think the only reason he got caught is he ran out of gas. But to his point, you expect guys to make a big jump second year post ACL. I expect that out of Cortland Sutton. Uh, you know, KJ Hamler, one year removed, he's going to have a different kind of experience this year coming back from his. Um, so, saying Bassey, same thing. So, it, uh, 
they need Albert to be productive. And that, even if they do find a way to draft Trey McBride on Friday night from Colorado State, because teams are going to try and take away the outside of Sutton, Judy, Patrick, Hamler, that's going to open up the middle of the field for these tight ends to take advantage of some matchups. And as Russell Wilson, he makes his money. He's, through, he's not going to wait for a guy to get open. He's going to expect his guys to make plays. So a huge opportunity for Big O. And this is the First Orange Podcast. Kyle Newman, Ryan O'Halloran, breaking down all things Broncos, heading into the NFL draft and following voluntary veteran minicamp out at the UCL Training Center. So speaking of the draft, Ryan, you got some great content up online, denverpost.com slash Broncos right now. That is the complete Broncos mock draft. Why don't you take us through your final mock draft? Of course, this is uh, not including any wheeling and dealing and trading that peddling George Payton is sure is sure to do here this weekend. But what was your, you know, kind of mindset going into this mock draft and take us through it as you have the Broncos picking an inside linebacker at number 64. Yeah. I, I, I always go difference between need and best player. Well, I, I don't know who the best player is, but I sure as heck know what a team needs most of the time. So I'll just go really quickly pick by pick. I'll expand a little bit on these earlier selections at number 64, the fact that Baron Browning is playing the edge, that leaves an opening inside linebacker. So I went with Troy Anderson from Montana State. People have said, why not Chad Muma from Wyoming, the Lone Tree native? I don't think Chad's going to be there. Yeah. I think he's going early in the second round. Um, third round, they have to address tight end. Um, I have them going with uh, Greg Dulcich of UCLA. Um, six foot four, 243, had 68 catches and 10 touchdowns in his last two years. Third round, Right tackle, Braxton Jones from Southern Utah. You say another FCS kid. Well, you know, you got to trust your coaches. Jones played uh, left tackle at Southern Utah. I, you know, I'd start working him on the right side here because you got you to end that merry-go-round at some point. Fourth round, Matthew Butler from Tennessee, 297-pound uh, run stopper. Fourth round, and when I filed this, they hadn't signed Melvin Gordon. We'll get to Gordon after this. But I had them uh, using the 116th pick on Brian Robinson from uh, Alabama, the running back. That's probably not going to be right. Fifth round, you say they don't need receivers. Well, they need a returner. And uh, Jones, Velas Jones from Tennessee, has uh, led the SEC twice in kick return yardage, and that will be his role here. Uh, Sixth round cornerback Josh Tom, Josh Thompson from Texas. I liked him because he's played inside and outside. And then seventh round, uh, Tariq Carpenter from Georgia Tech to safety. Seventh round, two picks later, Ed Rusher, Jeffrey Gunter from Coastal Carolina. So what I did with that was, hey, going into this draft, I'd say 21 out of the 22 spots or uh, starting spots are locked in, health permitting. The only one really open is that inside linebacker spot in terms of guys not on the roster. So I went with Anderson there. Um, if I had to lay five bucks down, shoot. A buck, I would say, trade down from 64 and add some picks that way. Again, this is the first in Orange podcast, Kyle Newman, Ryan O'Halloran. So Ryan explaining his Broncos mock draft there. And, and before we shift to the final topic of the show here is breaking down the potential top five overall picks on Thursday, how that could shape up. Let's go back to the Melvin Gordon news. Gordon, rather surprisingly, in, in my opinion, honestly, re-signing with the Broncos, one-year deal, News broke on Tuesday night. If I'm Hackett, I'm making Javante Williams the featured back and Melvin Gordon the complimentary back, but I'll be interested to see how this shakes out here, Ryan. 
Yeah, I thought Justin out and the offensive coordinator was put in a tough spot by some of the mafia today being asked, well, what's the pecking order at running back? You know, is it going to go go hot hand or this and that? He has never met Melvin Gordon, but I'm guessing, okay, a couple of points on Mel. I'm guessing the Broncos made clear to him this is this is a Javante Williams starting running game right now. Um, and Gordon was probably saying, well, I don't have a market. The draft is coming up, so I better sign somewhere before teams start drafting running backs. The timing of it surprised me because if you take it this long if you're the Broncos, clearly you weren't going to go anywhere else, at least through the weekend. So maybe a guy fell, but what, what Gordon returning is a clear indication of is they don't really trust a lot of these uh, running backs in the draft to play on third down and pass protect. If they want Javante to be their first and second down, maybe carry uh, 60%, 65% of the time, they're going to need Melvin Gordon to play well on third down. He's a fearless pass protector. He can catch out of the backfield. That said, I disagree with this move. Uh, yeah, I think he could have gone younger and cheaper with the draft, but I think Russell Wilson endorsed this. They're college teammates for one year at Wisconsin, what, 10 years ago? So uh, a little surprised by the timing. And, you know, I, I think Gord's got to show a little bit. And it's going to be interesting how Melvin treats treats his new role because he's always been the guy, period, end of story. Well, it was interesting last year, Ryan, you know, to kind of hear the change in tone, the shift in tone from Melly Mel. Beginning of the season, you know, sprinting workload whatever towards the end of the season as he was kind of making his campaign to hey i want to come back here i'd like to be part of this uh you know he was saying basically i'll take on any role like i'm i'm willing to play my role you know share the carries etc he knew you know and he's obviously discussed he's sensed denver fell in love with javante williams uh not so much for melvin gordon he he took some offense to that so i'm interested to see how he kind of runs with a chip on his shoulder this year when he does get the opportunities because it's going to be smaller, like I said, like you said. Well, I'll tell you what, Melvin, if you want carries, you got to stop fumbling. He's lost seven in two years here. You know, point the blame and the fault on blocking, bad luck, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of those fumbles have been pretty costly. So, you know, maybe if I was advising Melvin Gordon, and I, and I do that on an unpaid basis, I'd say, <laughs> hey, you know, for the second half of your career, you can still make a lot of money in this league as a third down guy. Right. as a good teammate, as a mentor. Um, and it, by all accounts, he was that for Williams last year. But it's time to take the training wheels off Javante Williams, and I expect that's what's going to happen. Well, and as you said, Ryan, Broncos could have gone cheaper and younger in the draft for this second running back, backup running back sort of role. But do you get a, you can't replace a veteran who knows how to pass block, can be more dependable on third down, sands the fumbles, of course. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think what it also is a sign of for George Payton and his crew going into the weekend is they realize they cannot, uh, I don't want to say mess around because you're never going to mess around, but they know they have specific needs they're going to fill. They probably figured, hey, running back is a need, so let's create some flexibility by signing Gordon. So maybe now instead of drafting a guy in the fourth round, like I had Brian Robinson, maybe you trade down and pick up a third or a fourth next year. So, uh, you know, George Payton loves picks. He loves options. He loves flexibility. So I think the Gordon thing just does check those boxes for him in that regard. First Orange Podcast, this is Kyle Newman. That's Ryan O'Halloran. Close the show here, looking at Thursday's opening round. Jags, Lions, Texans, Jets, and Giants picking in the first five. Jags with a number one pick for the second straight year. What are your projections, Ryan? 
Well, it's it's an interesting draft because of the lack of quarterbacks um, at the top of the draft or even the top half of the draft. So which the means, Jags don't need, obviously. Yeah, and 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 you look at the Jags at one. They would love for them to be. They would have loved for there to be three or four quarterbacks because that pick would have been very valuable. But here's my top five. I got Jacksonville taking Trayvon Walker. I don't, I don't get this pick. I think that's what they're going to do. I don't get it. He was the sixth best player on his own defense. But, you know, as one person told me in the league, he's a beast, and he took one for the team with the Bulldogs in terms of his role. Second, Detroit, Aiden Hutchinson, Michigan, no, no issue there. Third, Houston, uh, Iquanu, the NC State uh, offensive tackle, fine. Jets at four, Kayvon Thibodeau at Oregon. This is a deep edge rushing class, but if you're the Jets, you got to say, we need one. And there's going to be a big fall off in terms of the top end guys. And then closing out the top five, I got the Giants taking uh, Mississippi State left tackle Charles Cross instead of Alabama's Evan Neal. So, I mean, it is a, for lack of a better term, it's a meat and potatoes draft at the fir- in the first round. There's going to be a run on receivers once it starts, but there's nobody like Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson or maybe even Jerry Judy. So it's uh Trades the back half of the first round on Thursday night are going to be interesting because will a team move up to get a quarterback so they can get that fifth-year option? This has been the First Norge Podcast brought to you by the Denver Post. That's Ryan O'Halloran. This is Kyle Newman. Head to denverpost.com slash broncos for extensive and continued coverage of the Broncos. And, of course, draft weekend here this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We'll have wall-to-wall coverage of all the Broncos picks, who they are, where they're coming from and how they could potentially impact the team here in 2022. Appreciate you listening to today's show for the both of us. Until next time, folks, take it easy.